Hi guys and welcome to the Beauty Unearthed podcast. I'm so excited today to have the beautiful Kate Richardson with us today. Kate is a successful businesswoman in Canberra. She's had a lot of experience in the dance and beauty industry. So we're just going to hash in today and just talk about her experience. So thanks so much for coming on today, Kate. So what I'd love to get into with you right now is you started your journey in dance. So if you'd just like to give us a bit more information about that okay cool thanks so much for having me I'm really excited to have a chat um so I've been a professional dancer in Canberra my whole life and I got into Latin dancing as an adult so I was doing lots of jazz and commercial styles and I began teaching and learning a lot in Canberra and then ended up get pretty much gaining my own following because I had a huge passion for teaching the culture um, and just a lot more about the history of the dance styles and I was really passionate about that. So I ended up um, getting a little following and I started to grow a dance studio myself and that dance studio was called Substance Dance Studio and I ran a Brazilian entertainment company called Glamorosa's Brazilian Entertainment and I ran that studio for 10 years. Yeah, beautiful. And what I think so great to hear about that is because it sounds like your point of difference really was actually focusing on the culture of the dance. What was it that made that a point of focus for you? I just believe that people, when they're learning to dance, um, need a little bit more information. So um, it's, it's one thing to learn, especially a cultural style, it's one thing to learn about the rhythm and about the music and the movement. But when you understand where it comes from and its, it's history of um, good feeling and um, basically bringing alive cities and towns and people and bringing them together, you have a better understanding for um, the movement and the music and um, the history of that dance style and it actually makes you dance better so and helps you understand the dance more and the movements so I just focused on that. Yeah so more like connecting to like the soul and the origins of the dance is what allowed you to be a better facilitator by the sounds of it. 100% and I found that people learn more quickly and they were more eager to learn and also it's quite respectful to the the cultures that I'm um, sharing, I guess. Yeah, beautiful. And then um, what I think would be really interesting to get in with you today as well is you said you've been a dancer pretty much since forever. That's something I really admire in people because I know for me, like so many others, I am so awkward when it comes to anything like this. So I really admire people like you. Um, I guess like growing up there could have been a lot of pressure to look beautiful or be a certain way in that industry what would be your experience with that um so like luckily enough I my mother um, enrolled me in dance classes and she was she remained very non-political she stepped outside of the mother's circles um, with the dancing and I myself didn't have didn't feel um, like I was involved in any politics, but I definitely feel as though around me there was pressure on um, young girls to present themselves a certain way and even 
body image stuff from from very young so especially with ballet um the tall thin girls obviously were the ones that were picked a lot um for different styles of movement and yes yes a certain body type does suit a, a certain dance but I think we need to look at um how how old these children are when we're um, enforcing this kind of these kind of rules? I actually went to an amazing school and had an amazing director um, of the school. However, there were certain mother groups who um, who did put pressure on their daughters, and that I kind of heard about that um, around the the school. And I even just the other day, I, I saw a post in a Canberra group about a woman who was leaving a dance school because her daughter was being subject to some body image um, issues and she was as young as five. So um, I think it's really important that while these things go on, we do have the option to not expose our children to them. Um, and especially with dancing, it's such a beautiful thing for kids to get into so young, but presentation is hugely important in the dance world. So it is also something you can't avoid. Yeah, definitely. And would you say then sometimes the presentation would actually be taken value over the skill of the dancer in some cases? Absolutely. So as as you get older and you step into the commercial world and um, there are auditions for things, auditions for gigs, competitions, um, there is pressure to look a certain way when you step out onto the stage and um, often some of the best dancers are not the smallest dancers. So um, in my experience, there has been times where um, bigger dancers have missed out on things because they weren't they didn't fit that social quota of what a dancer should look like which is a shame yeah and I guess it's really quite disappointing in a way too because you know we've got such a focus on you know healthy body image for our children now growing up in this data age and it sounds like at least in that space I know it happens in the beauty industry quite a lot as well that there's still a standard that people are being subjected to that's not necessarily healthy that's right and especially so young um yeah. You know, it's one thing to to look strong and powerful, but strong and powerful doesn't always mean the smallest. So um, we really have to look at uh, what message we're we're giving young girls in the dance world, and even even at, even as adults, you know, there is still a lot of competition to have the flattest stomach and um, pressure to look amazing in a midriff when you're dancing and. Yeah, it just shouldn't be about that entirely. Yeah, yeah, it should be more about the skill. And for you, when you were a professional dancer, did you ever feel under that pressure to look and be a certain way? Uh, I think stepping into the cultural dancing where the costumes were quite minimal, I definitely felt pressure to... Um, uphold a fit athletic figure um, because the best of the best always had fit athletic figures. Um, that, do that doesn't mean that there weren't amazing dancers out there that, um, had it, that had a bigger figure because there were and they 
do they are starting to step into the light a little bit. Um, it just, I definitely felt that pressure when we were take when we were stepping into gigs and restaurants performing every weekend um, with minimal costumes as well. So some of those Brazilian costumes are quite small, and um, there's you can't hide anything in that costume. Um, so yeah, like I mean, it changes the way you eat during the week. There are some positives with that, um, but I think it definitely plays on like there's a lot of pressure that comes along with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I like how you said there's some pros to it because, of course, like we don't want to go to the other end of the spectrum where we go, you know, our health doesn't matter at all. I'm not going to buy into pressures because we do need to be looking after ourselves. I'm a huge advocate of health. Um, at the same time, though, I think it's challenging when that health is tied to appearance because that's not always the case. Yes, 100%. Health tied to appearance. Like um, I was big on having my dancers eating healthily and looking healthy, but so that they would perform better. Um, yeah, I just think sometimes within girl groups, um, the message gets lost a little bit there. And there's a lot of comparison that goes on, which also plays a part in... Um, in, you know, it's constantly competition. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and that's hard because we, as women, we have so many different body types. You can have someone who sits naturally healthily at a size 12. You might have somebody else who sits healthily as a size 8. And some people might think because it's really easy to buy into healthy is skinny or healthy is lean, whereas that might then mistakenly make you think that that thinner person is healthier and that can be really quite damaging and tough, but it can also throw the other way around as well where people assume who people are leaner, you know, don't have any problems. Like there's a whole scope of how we could really go down the rabbit hole when it when it comes to things like that. And um, and I know that this is something that you've actually personally experienced because you've um, gone through a lot of transitions. You've been a businesswoman, a professional dancer, a mum, and I know we were chatting about this before, how as a mum now, sometimes because you're relatively healthy, you can feel a lot of pressure, like your problems are invalidated because you look like you have a pre-pregnancy body would you like to get into that because I thought that was a really interesting topic yeah I sometimes you know it doesn't it doesn't come up often because it's immediately cancelled out so um, if I'm if I'm with a group of women who are talking about their weight and they've struggled with their weight after having a baby or or bouncing back which is what every pregnant woman or every um, mother is told that they should be doing is bouncing back. I hate this term. Mm. Um, yeah, if if these this conversation comes up, a lot of women will turn to me and say, "Oh, you don't have this problem. Like you wouldn't have this problem. You would have never had that problem because my body is naturally slim, and I actually I've been a dancer my entire life. I've done full time dancing for ten years, so um, my body is now built a certain way." And, yeah, it's, it's actually I'm not a part of the conversation and my struggles do not match the struggles of other women, um, any struggles to do with my body because I'm naturally slim. 
So, and that has actually made me feel quite anxious. It's made me feel quite isolated from those conversations. And I also feel quite small. I don't feel as though my struggles with my body are valid enough for that conversation. And I often, well, not now, but I often would avoid those conversations when I was a new mum. Yeah. And that's quite hard too, because, you know, from other people looking at you from the outside, they might feel that you've let's to use that term bounce back because I'm really not a fan of that term either like I think the a woman's body in particular is so beautiful to be able to give life and I think it's quite discrediting to say that okay now you've done this you need to bounce back as if that form isn't okay um but I guess also then for you I'm sure you probably feel that your body is different and it'd be quite hard then to feel like you can't speak up about that either Yes, and isolating. So, um, you know, even even bringing up that clothes clothes definitely don't fit my body the way they did before. My hip shape has changed after bearing two children. Um, my everything has changed. Like my stomach's not as flat. Um, my boob shape has changed after breastfeeding, and all of those things because I'm slim. Those things cancelled out by other women they're like oh but don't, don't worry you know you can hide all that like you're just so slim you must have zero problems um yeah it's very it's very isolating and um it actually makes me feel a bit embarrassed sometimes because um the fact that women think that slim is happy is just a big concern <laughs> Yeah, and it's terrible, isn't it? I um I see this in my work all the time. Like people feel like, and you know, I'm it's something that I've felt, I'm sure you've probably felt this from time to time too, that people have a belief that if you look perfect, you'll be happy. But I think the issue with this is is that you can't ever reach perfect. You might say to yourself, Oh, I'll be so much happier if I was five kilos smaller, or if my face looked a bit different. And look, in some cases that could be the case but the overwhelming majority of the time is that you've reached that pinnacle of what you think would have made you happy and then you just find a whole other thing to pick at and then it all just goes from there yeah 100 percent. and sometimes um it's a perspective thing as well so um like body dysmorphia is a big thing uh that i had a little bit of when i was growing up um you know i I would touch my hip bones and and look at the other girls in the dance class. And when I was really young, like I remember doing that re- from a really young age and not even understanding what it was about. Um, it, it's just bizarre. Like it's the perspective that you have in your head is often, it's often not how other people look at you. So that's a big struggle as well. That That's something that you can't always change to find some comfort within you can't you can't grow through that because that perspective is not real yeah 100 percent. and that's something if you're comfortable of course like body because body dysmorphia is a huge topic like for women and now increasingly more for men as well there's a lot of men actually now coming out with body dysmorphia which i think is quite sad and a shame as well um because you're right it's such a perspective thing i had similar issues with that too growing up and we don't even realize it's like you look in the mirror but the mirror is cloudy and you can't actually see a realistic idea of how you look and I'm sure you probably saw that in quite a lot of people doing professional dance would you say that would have been the case 
Yes, 100%. I, um, there were so many girls that, that they, would, they would enter the room and I could tell through their dancing. I, I mean, you're looking in a mirror the whole time. So that's, mm-hmm. that's, that was one of the problems. I actually used to make the um, professional team turn around, turn away from the mirror a lot. And their dancing would just improve so much more. They were feeling it so much more. They weren't looking at their bodies and picking them to pieces. But you could tell the girls that instantly were looking in the mirror for something. They were looking for some satisfaction in the mirror and it wasn't, it wasn't about their dancing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, from time to time I would have to touch on it. I would have to say... Um, you know, look at this beautiful shape you're making when you're doing this movement. Like, you, you know, trying to shift their perspective um, to give them some more confidence and move away from what they're just seeing in the mirror um, because that wasn't something I could necessarily change in a dance class or help them with in a dance class always, um, but I could help them appreciate the way their body looked when it was moving. Um so yeah, like being in front of a mirror the whole time was a big, a big game changer for a lot of women and made the dancing harder from time to time. Well, see, and that's so interesting to touch on because you would think, right, like looking in a mirror, you can see what you're doing. You think that would actually make you a better dancer if you were to just logically think about it, right? But from what you're saying, people actually became better when they couldn't see how they looked. Like that's a really big thing to think about. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's huge. And um, that's how I saw a lot of dancers grow to appreciate their bodies because if they spent a little bit of time not looking in the mirror and moving, um, they became so confident in the movement and they loved it so much that it came out in their expressions. So when they did turn around and look in the mirror, they were, they actually were happy with what they saw, um, which was a really beautiful thing as well. Like dance was a tool to give them confidence that they, they didn't have when they just got up in the morning and looked in that same mirror. Um, I really love that about teaching. Yeah, beautiful. And I guess, you know what, in a way you could kind of like to circle it back around to mums, like you could also say something similar um, to mums in a way because there's such a big focus and emphasis on how mums look, whether they're wearing too much makeup and that's not suitable or, you know, she doesn't have makeup on at all and she should she must be struggling. What if we pulled it back to purely being, you know what, how you look doesn't actually matter, it's who you're being. And I think, like, that's actually what you've kind of just said is such a beautiful message to give to people. Mm, yeah um it's when you become a mother as well you've got little eyes watching you and you'd be surprised how often you know you don't always feel beautiful or glamorous doing the mothering work and then your little one might say something to you like oh you look so pretty today mummy or your hair your hair so beautiful or and you just think what a beautiful thing what a beautiful perspective to now have in your life um, you know, when even when you don't feel beautiful, they they think you're so beautiful. Um, so that's gorgeous. Like, it's, yeah, that's a part of mothering and an image. 
Yeah, and that's oh, and that's a beautiful thing about kids. Like they just they just see things so different to us. Like they really just bring us back home. And I think um, as well to touch on a new project that you're starting at the moment, which I love, and I'd love for you to share with everyone now, is your business called Holding Mum. So please introduce us to that. So Holding Mum is a support business for new mothers, not only new mothers, but mothers who are in the mothering time and are feeling like they need support from one um, point of view to another. So they might need physical support. They might need empathetic support. um, They may need someone there so they can just do something that brings them back to themselves so that may be just putting makeup on for the day maybe going for a run they might be into fitness um, and they don't have family support or they do and they just want someone outside that family to be with them and give them support um, to make them feel like themselves again so um, it provides them that support in any way they feel necessary it's about supporting the mother so while we do work with the babies we want the mother to feel held and understood and appreciated and feel like she's do- doing things that come back to herself and getting herself back during that postpartum period. Yeah, and you know what? I think that's such a beautiful thing that's really not touched on at the moment because if you look at mums, they're kind of geared to feel like who they are isn't okay because, like I said before, you know, if you're wearing makeup or too much, people judge that. If you're not wearing makeup at all, people judge that. If you have a different parenting style, somebody else will judge that. Um, So it's tough. And I think um, that's a really good business to delve into because that's support I think mothers really need. And would you say then yourself, like with those pressures that I just mentioned, is that something that you've personally experienced? A hundred percent. I think mothers, there's a lot of comparison with motherhood. In, within motherhood and um, I have experienced it in the way that my my fam- some of my family view me so um, you know I remember one of my parents asking me like do you miss getting dolled up um, I'm like I don't have time to get dolled up um, I loved those years where I did get to do that and um but I'm feeling a lot more comfortable in my skin just becoming a mother. Um, I do miss the time to do those things from time to time, but um, I I have gained a confidence within my own skin without with being more natural and being myself by becoming a mother. Um, there is a lot of judgment um, though, and I feel as though people do quickly judge a mother by her the way she looks. Mm, yeah yeah and it's it's interesting it's just very interesting with how our society is geared to I think and I think as well like something I love to ask people who come onto this podcast and I'll ask you as well we all have a different idea of what beautiful actually is and this is what I love about this topic because you can ask 50 different people what beauty means to them and they're all going to give you a different answer. So given your life experiences with beauty, what you're now experiencing with being a mum, what do you feel beauty means to you? Uh, beauty to me is someone who's who's comfortable in their own skin. 
So um, even someone who who loves doing makeup and, and wearing a lot of makeup, if they're really happy within that, you can see it. You can see it. And I love that. I see that instantly. And I appreciate it. I appreci- appreciate that they love glamming themselves up with makeup and they're really happy with it and it's it shines through. So it doesn't matter whether they're, you know, glamorous in terms of wearing makeup and doing their hair every day. It's you can truly see when someone's when someone genuinely loves that. Um, and they're comfortable with that. And they're comfortable to that that's their everyday thing. But I also see a lot of people who don't wear makeup every day, who um, who feel very plain, that are incredibly beautiful to me, um, who are, are really genuine um, within themselves. And yeah, I think I think that genuine um, comfort is so beautiful to me. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. Like that real like authenticity and comfort in who they are, which I think, um, and that's beautiful. It's such a beautiful perspective. And I think it really just kind of goes to show it's not necessarily how you look, but it's how you're carrying it with what you have on the inside. Yes, and and, and your passions. You know, if you're passionate about um you, you you love to feel glamorous, that's amazing. And if you're passionate about none of that, that's amazing too. Um, and it's just, I think happiness, like happiness shines through, really does. Um, while I know so many deep souls, like it's, it honestly doesn't matter what, what they look like to me. I, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, doesn't bother me. Um, and being around, being around so many glamorous people in the Latin dance scene, um, I think it, I think it dulled it down to me. <laughs> it became boring to me almost. Um, so I really love just natural beauty and um, yeah, just your being yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Just people being who they are because it's kind of like I know exactly what you mean by that. You kind of get dulled down to it because it's the same with Instagram. Like everyone's got the same filters. They all look the same. It's not exciting anymore. You're like, oh, okay, like here's another person with a perfectly snatched face call. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's become a look in itself. Like that perfect look has become a thing and um, hopefully people can see, um, you know, if that's something that they love, that's brilliant, but hopefully people can see that being yourself is just as beautiful. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I totally agree. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on today, Kate. It's been awesome to have you. I think you've given all of our listeners so much to think about and ponder today. So thanks so much for coming on board with us. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure and I love this message that you're spreading um, and I can't wait to hear more from you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm sure there'll be some more soon. Thanks, Kate. Thanks very much.